Today's episode is an interview I did with Mike Robinson from Summit Direct Mail on a topic that's really important for printers and heck, anyone doing direct mail. It's based on a decision that the Supreme Court of the United States made that dramatically impacts how states are imposing sales tax collection responsibilities. It's actually in a ruling called South Dakota versus Wayfair. And in a nutshell, what it does is it allows states to require that sellers collect and pay sales tax based on dramatically new rules. And this impacts you as a printer, perhaps if you're doing direct mail for a client, or if you work with a printer, this might also impact you. Now, before you zone out and say, oh my gosh, Dave, this is some boring discussion on taxes and how does this impact me? Well, hold on for a second. This is important. And I want you to hear from Mike, who by the way, he's not a CPA, he's not an attorney. I need to make that clear going into this interview, but he is a business leader navigating this important subject at the front of a commercial printing organization and he's giving you insights from being on the front lines and i think you're going to find his advice invaluable all right so let's jump right in mike i want to welcome you to the event today how are you doing man i'm good thanks yeah so first let me give you a chance just to tell everybody a little bit about your company briefly what do you do and uh, who do you do it for and i'll give everyone a, just a brief overview of summit we've been around since 2003 we're a printer mailer in Dallas, Texas. Started out as just a high volume printer and now we've gone into the uh, variable digital format. So like you said, we can do quite a few million pieces a day, uh, nonprofit, financial service, mortgage, personal loans, retail, et cetera. Our key is the ability to tie direct mail to digital, obviously utilizing your platforms. It's a crazy time right now. So we've been fortunate due to the pandemic, we're still blowing and going and doing well. So can't complain. Good, man. That's good to hear. So let's get right into the heart of the matter here. And my first question for you, Mike, I want you to explain this to me like I'm five years old. What is Wayfair? Basically, in a nutshell, and you started saying it earlier, was if you had a presence in the state. Well, first, let me take a step back. Again, you're correct. I'm not an attorney. I'm not a sales tax professional, CPA. I'm still learning things every day. Unfortunately, things are changing every day and they're making new decisions. Basically, originally Wayfair, or excuse me, before Wayfair is if you had a a physical location in that state, you were required to pay sales tax. Now it is, and, and some of this, you know, I think some people might disagree. Everybody has opinions on how things go, but this is how we're going to move forward. Now, due to the Wayfair Act, if you do a certain volume of business in a specific state, you're required now to remit sales tax in that state. Most of them are around $100,000. So if you're doing any, if you're doing more than $100,000 in that state, you need to register in that state and start collecting and remitting sales tax. And so when did this happen? And uh, when did you start to actually take some steps towards addressing this? It happened in 2018, and we're in the process of doing it still. We thought we were going to have it complete by February, but new, more and more things are coming into play. You can't do it this way. You can do it this way. So that's why I say we've got a tax consultant on the, that we're paying. We've got attorneys. I, I saw somebody mention Avalara. We haven't gone down the Avalara route. We're actually using Thompson Reuters. So we've got three different groups that we're working with to get this thing rectified and and set up in our system, which is extremely difficult based on how we do our billing and invoicing. So one of the questions that came in in advance of the session, and I want to make sure uh, that it's really clear for everybody. The question was, in light of Wayfair then, is my company subject to sales tax in the state that we're mailing into? How would I know if this is going to impact me? Again, 
your clarification of me not being an actual expert, but basically if you're from what we're being told is if you actually mail in a specific state and you were doing more than a hundred thousand dollars worth of, of billing. Now we take postage out again, there's ways depending on how you bill your customer, we bill them individually by service. So postage is separate, printing is separate, letter, data processing is separate, letter shop binders is a separate line item invoice. And the way we're doing it is if we're mailing into that state. And again, it depends on the state, but majority of the states charge for print and data processing, sales tax. And there's a handful of states that charge for the full mailing services, et cetera. So obviously you need to reach out to your sales tax professional and ask them, hey, here's what we do. So you're going to have to have an idea of what kind of volume you're doing in specific states. That's assuming that you're not selling to resellers who also could submit a resale certificate so you would not have to charge sales tax. So one of the questions that came in in advance was, is postage exempt? And if so, in which jurisdictions? What do you what do you know about that? Uh, majority of them are yes. And it mm-hmm. also depends on how you collect it. Again, from what we're being told, there's a handful of states that want to charge sales tax, some of them don't. And when they want to want to charge sales tax, it depends on how the payment is being made. We were being told that if they wrote a check to Summit Direct Mail, for example, and said Summit Direct Mail and wrote it for postage, then yes, if you write it, if your own postage account or you write a check to the USPS, then that will avoid, that should avoid, I think there's four or five states, and I don't have those handily ready, but there's four or five states that are trying to collect sales tax. Payment is remitted not to the USPS, but to your company. A question from David that came in. David said, this sounds like a reporting nightmare for my small business. Most of our customers are in state, but we do ship some orders out of state. Where do we start? How do you handle the administration of this? We're going to have to hire some people. Obviously, our controller, CFO, with myself, we're at least getting it set up. But it's extremely difficult because there's 14,000 taxing jurisdictions in the country. And so each one of them has a different, has, has a different, obviously sales tax rate. So again, that's why we're using Thomson Reuters, where we're actually going to be submitting uh, data to them and they're going to come back and give me sales tax per zip code. So are you currently doing this with your customers? Are you assessing your prior liability that might have accrued? Kind of where are you in that process? Yeah, we're doing that. And currently we haven't implemented it. We're hoping to have it implemented by June 1st. And so we're going through and making sure all of our billing is done correctly and line item that correctly. Because I don't, for example, there's a lot of people that just charge a single price. Hey, I'm going to charge you 50 cents a piece all in. If you're doing things like that, then you're going to be taxed on, potentially taxed on all of that. So we're actually going through some of our customers that we have done that to and breaking it out. So now we're going back to them saying, hey guys, we're going to charge you a dollar, still charging you a dollar, but you're going to get line items now. So we're not taxing you for things that we shouldn't tax you. So your invoices will now go from one dollar, just the fictitious example, $1 all in covers everything to now needing to detail and line item how much is uh, postage, how much is bindery, how much is data processing. Is that, am I hearing you correct? That's correct. And typically we'll do it as two separate, I say invoices, not really an invoice. Invoice would be for the service and then a postage request. So we'll send out a postage request and say, hey, you owe us 25 cents, you know, send us right to the USPS or phone to the postal account for 25 cents. That leaves 75 cents for services. And here are the services, you know, printing, data processing, letter shop, bindery, et cetera. And the reason why we do that is some states charge for printing and data processing. 
Some actually charge for all. I want to get through a few of the key issues here with Mike, and then I will try to get to as many of your questions in real time as possible. Mike, so when you were talking about how you uh, line item, the various aspects of what you're providing your, your client, a question came in from Tyler around, how does this decision impact, say, digital ads that you might be running and charging your client for, or digital services like, for example, emails that you're doing in conjunction with the direct mail? How does that play out? Good question. Like I said, there's something that's changing every day. And so different states required request different things. That's the crazy part. And again, that's why we've enlisted somebody like an Avalara or Thomson Reuters is if we classify the buckets that we have, they then based on their expertise and how we work with our consultants can say, yes, that's taxable. No, that's not taxable. I haven't even gone down the road of digital. We do some, but that's probably one of the last things on my list. My bigger concern, what we do every day is the high volume. But again, it goes back to, and I hate to keep saying this, but I'm an expert only because of the experts I'm talking to or close yep. to getting that way. So they're going to have to tell you, yes, that is because I've talked to multiple people and I get different answers from different people. So we're sometimes having to take the best guess and saying, you know what, this guy said this, this guy said this, here's how we're going to do it. So the decision was in 2018. Are you looking at this from the perspective of taxes might be due for 2019, 2020? It could be. It just depends on your business and what you guys choose to do and go back and how are you going to handle that? The bigger concern we have is getting it taken care of first, getting it where we're at now and start getting that taken care of then going back and working on what is in the past. Got it. A question came in here from Chris uh, before the session. He says, look, my company's known about this for over a year. We haven't done anything about it. Why haven't we been mandated to do this yet? What, what's your thought on that? I think it's a good question. Each state is doing it their own way. I think it's resource issue with COVID. And I do think they are going to start. I talked to a guy yesterday and he, he, he received some letters from, I think it was Minnesota or Michigan or something up in the North saying that, that they think that he might owe sales tax. I think it's going to start becoming more prevalent with all that with COVID and the lack of revenue coming in. I think these states are looking for anything they can to, to get additional revenue. So wouldn't be surprised. It is coming and it's just a matter of how you're going to handle it. And, you know, I think all the states are going to eventually start pushing this and pushing it hard. I just don't think they have the resources right now. So Wendy was saying, hey, to pay sales tax in a state, you have to register in that state, right? How is that going to work? Or what's your perspective on how that's going to work if you do occasional business in that location? Again, it goes back to your team and finding out what your best solution is for you. But for us, we picked a number of the states that we feel that we've hit that nexus in. And that's what we're, we're working on to remit. And you got to go in and we actually have one of our consultants are registering us in all our states. And once, so once you feel you've reached that after talking to your tax consultant or your attorney, once you feel that you've reached or will re reach that threshold, then yeah, you need to go in and, and either you guys do it or have somebody do it on your behalf. So Mike, as you're thinking about doing this and, and as you're taking steps in your organization to make this come to fruition, Andre is asking, how have you automated the tax collection process and then the payment to the states where that needs where that money needs to go? Is there a, a way that you've automated that into your invoicing process or are you still in the works? I'm still in the work. It's difficult. You're being taxed on, for example, you're being taxed on print. And then you've got potentially, if you mail nationwide, you could have to have, you know, 14,000 taxing jurisdictions and there's 30, 31 or 41,000 zip codes. So we haven't even come close to automating it, especially if you've got multiple kits going to multiple zip codes, which is different price points. We haven't found a way to automate it. We do have a, a 
ERP system that handles invoicing, and we're trying to figure out how to make that work. And they're actually going to submit the data to Thomson Reuters, who will then come back and give us some numbers. Do you mind sharing the ERP that you use? It's called PrintReach, okay. which used to be called Midnight or MailShop. And cool. he, they're actually working with us now to figure out the best way to implement it. And a common question that came in, and, I, and I'm going to summarize it as concisely as possible. I think it's probably on everyone's mind here. It's a two-part question. What happens, in your view, your understanding, what happens to businesses that do not comply with this, and who is held accountable? Ultimately, it's my responsibility to collect the sales tax. But at the end of the day, if I can't do it or won't do it or whatever, they're going to eventually come back to the to the end user. But initially, the, the provider is the one responsible for collecting the tax. We're responsible for collecting and remitting it. So when you say they're going to go to your end customer, that's another question that came in a lot. How are you talking to your customers about this? I don't know for sure they're going to do that, but I'm just guessing. Um, just letting them know, hey, there's a new thing out here. It's called, that's actually a difficult decision right now for us. We're telling all of our customers about it. But again, not everybody in our industry is going to do it or not anybody's going to do it. So if everybody doesn't do it or they all do it, great. If they don't do it, there's going to be some issues because again, there's going to be some, I'm going to move to a different provider because they're not going to charge me sales tax. Well, that's great. You're just kicking the can down the road, in my opinion, because you might get lucky. Again, you might get lucky and they'll never come to you or you might not. And now you've got this big tax liability because you decided to go somewhere else. Can clients or the end users report it as use tax instead of the printer collecting sales tax? We do not have that answer. So you're saying the Thomson Reuters is helping with all of these tax rules by state. Can you just clarify exactly how you're using Thomson Reuters? So like, again, we've got three different groups. We've got Thomson Reuters, we have a tax consultant group, and then we have a tax attorney. And so the taxing tax attorney and the consultants are saying, these are the, this is the best way to break it out. And so what we're using for Thomson Reuters is actually has the back end that has all the zip codes and all of the taxing rates. So we actually put this packet together. We then send it to Thomson Reuters. They look it up and then based on our grid saying we're taxing, we're not taxing, or this is taxable, this is not taxable. They then submit all that, go up against the sales tax versus uh, zip code count and come back with a tax rate based on every record that was sent. Okay. Randy's asking, Mike, I'm in a state that does not currently have a sales tax. So with Wayfair... If I print for a local customer, but ship the order to one of my customer's offices in another state, will that require a tax in your view? You got to talk to your tax professional, but I would think so because you're doing business in that state. Assuming you go over that pressure, how I would handle it is I would charge that client for the stuff that's going into that state. and the taxable items that are listed on the uh, Question for Michael here. It's interesting because I know you deal with uh, 501c3 and, and nonprofits and, and, and organizations of that nature. What if your customer is tax exempt, like a school or a 501c3? There's paperwork you submit, so they can actually submit either nonprofit or reseller, and then we won't charge them tax. However, and I don't know the states, but there's a few states that I don't want to say they don't recognize nonprofits, but they still nonprofits in some of their marketing materials. You get with your your group, and they'll tell you these nonprofit is good for all these states, but these states, even though you have nonprofit tax, still want to flex it. And so, Mike, you kind of articulated how you're breaking your invoices down into multiple line items. Jim is asking a question, just to clarify there, which portions, in your view, need to check with their own counsel on this, but which of those line items are you seeing as taxable? Majority of them are data processing and print, and then 
the mailing services are going to be state-by-state basis. And then a question here from Greg that just came in, Mike. I know that the name of the organization you're working with, but if you're comfortable sharing the consulting group, the teams that you're working with here, are you comfortable sharing their names so that if folks want to follow up with them, they can? Sure. One is called, and and Thompson and Roy has recommended a company called- A question here from uh, Gene. Mike, are you going to register then in all or many states as soon as you're- implemented here? Is that your plan? Yeah, we've already started the process of registering, but we're not registering all 51. And then once we do hit that financial nexus, then we'll continue to register. There's some that are 250, but the most most of them are 100. So at the point where I do $100,000 worth of revenue in that state, then I'd register. Craig is asking then, Mike, have you run into a situation where more than one jurisdiction claims to have taxing authority on the same event? So as an example, the client location is in Texas, you're in Texas, but you're mailing into other states. Texas is going to claim taxes on the entire job and the other states also want their piece. Have you run into anything like that? Yeah. So there's some things that they want to charge all, you know, for the service. And so we're just going to do that. But then everything else will go to each specific state. And at that point in time, at least I know I'm paying it. And then it'll be a mess. But if it does come back the other way, then I can deal with it. Look, I've already paid it. But now trying to to pull it from one to go to the other, that's going to be a challenge. But at least we're paying. Got it. Bob is asking a question here. So if, what if you're selling to an agency or another uh, reseller of some sort? Does the sales tax in Bob's view here would not be applicable? Is that correct? Is that your understanding? Yeah, they, if it's a reseller, as long as we get a resale certificate for the state that they're doing the business in, then I'm not going to charge them sales tax. And I know there are some, there are streamlined tax forms where you can fill out one, we can fill out one resale certificate that can work for multiple states. And then I know that there are states that say, hey, if you have a Texas resale certificate, we'll honor it. And again, it's a crazy list. Yeah, you're correct. It's if if they're a reseller and they give you the proper documentation, you can have. Mike, if you can help clarify this, is the jurisdiction based on the customer's billing location or the address of the recipient of that direct mail piece? How we are doing it is we mail a million pieces to a million different zip codes. We are basically charging sales tax for the recipient. We will be implementing tax. How I'm going to do it is we are going to, let's say I mail 100,000 pieces. I'm going to have a chart with all 100,000 zip codes and it's going to then get submitted. So I'm going to be charging sales tax at the zip code level for that piece. So Michael is asking a question. It's in line with what you just talked about here, Mike. Is it just the state or does it also break down to city level in terms of the tax uh, rate? Well, depending on the zip code, most zip codes have all different tax rates. So if I've got 2,000 records into this specific zip code, you know, obviously New York City, for example, it's a higher rate than where I'm here in Dallas. Nine, I think, is eight and quarter percent. I think I would guess that probably over nine. So based on the city, you're going to get charged. That. State the name of the firms that you mentioned a second ago that you're working with. Thompson Reuters, DS Tax, and a company called Attorney Firm called Ackerman out of New York City. Peter's clarifying again that the sales tax is less postage cost, correct? It is less postage cost if you are if you are doing it in line adding and doing it properly. You're going to get taxed on all of it. If you line item it out and request postage is separate request, not an invoice, then yes. Yep. And your understanding. And I see somebody here saying you might want to clarify that it's destination-based tax. And that is what you're saying, correct? Yep. Okay. Amy is asking here, I see Amy's question in Zoom, does resale tax exemption come into play at all? Yeah, that's that's that resale certificate that we would would get from any customer agency that is going to be 
going to be collecting tax themselves, we would need that, that tax. Andrew says, Mike, our company is at a very similar spot in this process. And we've noticed that many of our peers are still in complete denial that they need to do something about this incredibly painful process. So the question is for you, Mike, what convinced you that you need to pull the trigger? And do you get the impression that our industry is starting to come around to the realization that this is necessary? Good question, Andrew. I know Andrew. And one of the reasons why we're actually doing it is because of Andrew. So we know they're a very similar company as ours. And we work with them and we run some several, we're on some organizations together. So yeah, basically, Andrew, after all of our discussions with you guys and other groups, yeah, that's what made us decide to do it. And I do think, obviously, there are some that are still not going to do it. They said they're not going to collect. So it kind of puts you and I in a spot that as long as we do what we need to do, then it is what it is. So I see that Alicia, thank you. Hey, Alicia, it's good to see you. And a few others have uh, done the sleuthing to find the attorney that you mentioned, the, the law group, as well as obviously Thompson Reuters. So Mindfire team, if you can take those URLs, thank you, Alicia, for finding that. And let's just distribute those so that everybody has them. That would be fantastic. Matt is saying here, you might want to clarify if all exempt taxes count towards the sales level to qualify for collecting tax. Uh, let's let's start with that piece first. Do you understand what he's saying there, Mike? Yeah. So the threshold is, and again, and Andrew, he might have a different opinion, but our definition is we're going to be collecting tax on what is considered taxable in that state. So if if it's a dollar and and 50 cents of it is print, that's what I'm going to assume is a taxable, is what I'm going to use for that tax base for accounting to my head. Alicia is trying to find for you, Mike, DS tax. What state are they in, in Chicago? Chicago, Illinois. All right. Thank you. So Alicia, if you find them, that would be fantastic. Mark is saying is a transaction relative to the the transaction count that you mentioned, Mike, is that one piece of mail? Is that a transaction? Yes. In our opinion, in our understanding, it would be. And again, there's also transaction-based things as well. We are we are looking at it at a individual level at each each record count and that dollar amount for that specific record. So Mark is asking here, are you saying then that you will report and pay state, county, city, borough separately? and be responsible for running all of that? I'm going to answer that is I've got a tax consultant group that told us how to collect it. We are going to collect it and they're actually going to remit it for us. We are collecting tax for what we are. We will be collecting tax for what we feel is owed and they are going to remit it to the proper group, whether it's state, county, federal, whatever, state, county, local, whatever. Yes. And I think in some states like Texas, we just have to remit it one location and they distribute to where it needs to go. So question here from Craig, you're saying that one job that mails all over the nation could conceivably have sales tax due in thousands of jurisdictions? Yeah, that's correct. I mean, so how we're going to do it is again, if we have hundred thousand pieces and let's say we're mailing one one record to each zip code or not zip, there's 31,000, we're mailing to those specific zip codes and yes, we are actually submitting a data file by zip code and then applying the appropriate tax to that. Brett is asking, I think you touched on this briefly, Mike, but wondering if there's any software that can handle this. For example, does QuickBooks handle this for us? Do you know? Not that I'm aware of. I mean, I'm sure there's some integration with that. But like I said, with our print reach, for example, we've got an in-billing system and we generate our invoices. We are working with them to be able to load that data with all the zip codes in it. They're then going to grab it, submit it to Thompson Reuters, who is then going to calculate the tax, push that tax back to me so I can show it on my invoice. I then collect it and then quarterly, monthly, however our consultants deem fit, they're then going to take that data and submit 
the, the reports along with payment. So Gene has a multi-part question here, Mike. So I'm going to give you each part. And if you can just give me an answer on each, does Summit provide fulfillment services? You're smiling. I know where it's going and I don't know the answer. I don't know what's going to be considered taxable or not. We're still going through that one. So the, the next part of the question is, if you print, bill the customer, then store and fulfill on the customer's instructions, would you consider the printing taxable in the state where you're located? So that's one of the bigger challenges that we have, whether it's fulfillment or not. So if I print as a printer, volume drives price, right? So if I have a customer who's mailing 100,000 pieces of, of mail a month, right? And so the best efficiency is, hey, let me print a million envelopes. Right. So I'm going to print a million envelopes and I'm going to warehouse and store those. How I think I would do it is obviously I'm going to charge them for the million envelopes. And then as they use it, then I'm going to have to charge them the sales tax for that amount of envelope that was used for that specific state. Does that make sense? Because if I print a million envelopes, I have no idea where it's going. So I can't charge a sales tax rate on that. But once it's being used and put into, into the mail screen, then I know where that's going. And then even though they've already paid for the envelopes, then they're going to get on the invoice, they will get a tax rate for that envelope that they've already paid. Mike, in your service offering, are you selling to brokers and distributors as well? You are. And that, that's and where it comes into play of a, a sales and resale system. They should be responsible because in theory, if I sell it to you, Dave, you're going to take it, you're going to mark it up. So I can't charge sales tax because I don't know what your markup is. So they're going to have to collect and remit sales tax after they after they bill their client. Jennifer is asking you, Mike. So assuming you require client payment before a mail drop, are you estimating mail service fees and taxes, or how will you handle that billing now? How do you reconcile that? So typically we bill net thirty, and it, even if we didn't, I don't bill the customer till I run the data. So once I run the data, I'm going to know in order to run in order to figure out what your tax is, you got to know what your data is. And as well, same with the postage. So I can't give you a postage amount until I know what the data looks like. So I'm going to process that data before I do anything. And then at that point in time, I'm going to know what tax is going to be because we're going to have to submit it and get that data back. I see a David Hunter here. David's saying, if you have an online store like Magento, there are plugins that will calculate taxes automatically based on zip code. Yeah, David, I, we're familiar with that, but does it solve this particular issue? Let us know, David. I don't know if you have any insight on that, Mike. Magento specifically. At the end of the day, if that software is already, sounds like it's already integrated with some sort of sales tax engine that's coming up with a tax rate. So it sounds like that to me that that system is applying the appropriate tax and then customers paying it. The bigger challenge is not that piece, it's then being able to collect it all and remit it to all the areas that that the tax was collected for. And, and I mean, I would assume that the Magento situation would also have to be able to understand the mail file, who who those pieces are going to in those destinations, right? So I'm not sure. Yeah, there's no data file. So in theory, it sounds to me like they're probably just applying sales tax at the state that they're located in. So how are you handling this in a web to print scenario, Mike, where somebody goes onto a storefront online ordering portal and fulfills or orders and, and, and gets everything that they need themselves through the web? How are you handling it in that scenario? We're going to have to work implementing that as well. We don't do a ton of web to print. Yeah, we are going to have to implement that as well. We're going to have to tie it back to data and then push it back to get a sales tax rate and come back. Here's a question from Mark. Uh, Mark is saying, if I invoice a customer, and again, Mike, this is you know based on your, your, your view here, if I invoice a customer for a job and place all in a warehouse, house and they're paying for all pieces up front and I charge taxes at that time, then they ship over the course of several months. So do I need to charge tax on shipping to the location as I send them out on the customer's behalf? If you're charging them up front, you probably don't know who you're mailing to. So once you know who you're mailing to and bill for those services, you probably need to add on. I would think you'd have to add on the tax for the places that you mailed on. 
emailed you. Here, here's a good question, Chris. Something that, Mike, you've touched on, but I'll just ask you to clarify once more for everybody here. Chris or Chris is asking some printers base tax on their own sales tax nexus footprint, right? That's we know that. Other printers base tax on the customer's sales tax nexus footprint. What's your understanding of the correct way to do this? This gets at the crux of the matter. So again, Mike, just once more, what is your understanding there? So obviously, so again, there are large mailers that already have footprints throughout the country. And I'm assuming they're collecting tax in the state of Michigan, but they're actually physically located in. For us, we are going to collect tax on in every state that we're going to be mailing into, assuming we hit that. Okay. I see somebody saying this sounds like a damn nightmare. What's Mike's opinion? Yep. It is. It's honestly, it's a pain in the ass. I mean, I'd love just to be able to have a flat remit tax. Actually, I'd love to have no tax, but if they are going to tax, there's got to be an easier way because again, we're we're taxing, what, 14,000 taxing jurisdictions, and I think there's 30-some-odd thousand zip codes in the U.S., and then you've got to remit tax. You've got to, Then you're going to have to remit tax. I'm going to have to pay a fee, and and we're having to pay a fee to the consultant for every tax form or every tax every tax form. So we're coming up on three minutes uh, till the end of this executive briefing session. I have a few things I want to communicate to all of you. First of all, if you got value out of this, if you're uh, finding yourself with new ideas and probably some concerns here, I want you to thank Mike. Give him some love. I want to know uh, if you appreciate it and if you've had value out of this conversation. G- give Mike some thank you here because, you know, he's a busy guy running running a company there. Yeah, Secondly, I- folks, is this a topic you want to learn more about? I saw some suggestions coming in saying, hey, what if we got a panel? You know, Mike, maybe a, a legal Andrew, point of Andrew, view. I know Andrew's Andrew and it- I was going to say that, Andrew, if I've missed anything or if you see that I, I, I said something wrong or or there's something that I missed that you think I need to add, let me know. It's okay. a moving target. Maybe we'll pull a panel of you, a legal and tax expert, and and maybe somebody from USPS or something. We've got contacts everywhere. Maybe we'll do a, a panel. Mike, with maybe 60 seconds left, I'm going to give you an opportunity to say some final words here. Anything you want to say to everybody? Just I appreciate you guys all jumping on. Well, I don't have all the answers. I, it sounds like I might have more answers than a lot of you. There are some people I guarantee on this call that know more than I do, and their probably opinions are different on how we handle it. But, you know, at this point, I think we probably all should get together or have some kind of roundtable, like you said, Dave, to, to discuss because we might be doing something wrong, or there might be a better way to skin this cat. I just know it is a big pain in the ass. And if there's an easier way to do it, let me know. Like I said, I keep mentioning Andrew because I know Andrew is doing it alongside us. It's challenging. We're, we've gone back and forth with them quite a bit. Hey, how are you handling this? What are you doing about this? It's, it's a big challenge. And anybody out there understands anything better than, than we do. Thank you, everybody, for being here. Again, we really appreciate your time. We want to make sure that we're delivering you value. That's our goal. I hope this has been helpful for you. We're going to continue doing more of these. Connect with me. Connect with Mike. Stay plugged into this community. We're here to help one another. Mindfire is here to help you as printers, as agencies, B2B, B2C brands. We're all about servicing you and helping you uh, continue to tackle some of these tough challenges. Thank you all for being here. I appreciate all of you. Let's try to end on a positive note. Thank you again, Mike, for all of your time. You're uh, an incredible resource and asset to this community. We appreciate you and John Barber and Ben Shank and everybody over there at Summit. And I want to thank you from the community. I can see there's a lot of love here for you today. And for all of you listening and watching, thank you again for your time. We appreciate you. We will be uh, here when you need us and uh, look forward to seeing you again soon in one of these sessions. Thanks, everybody. Have a great weekend. Hey, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. Listen, if you're getting value out of this, it would mean the world to us if you could go over to iTunes and rate and review this podcast. 
We're still trying to figure out if this is the right name for it. We might go through a renaming. So if you have any suggestions, let me know. I would love it if you could email us, david.rosendahl at mindfireinc.com. If you're hearing this right now, so david.rosendahl at mindfireinc.com. Just send us a little note. Let us know if you found this episode valuable, if you found it helpful. And also let us know if there's anything else that you would like to hear about on the podcast. We're going to be investing quite a bit into producing these episodes for you. And I want to make sure they're delivering you value. All right. Have a great rest of the day, everybody. Talk to you later.